0: I want to continue with Colossians this morning. We're going through it, it seems, five verses at a time. So we could still be here in the year 2025. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But we are going through it slowly. And this morning's message is going to be one of those that a lot of Christians struggle with the theology and the experience. It's one of those things. It's like, I'm not quite sure how this works. But I want to teach you what the gospel of Jesus says about this reality. What Paul says, what Peter says, took place in Jesus Christ. So I'm talking about having faith in what the gospel says about your position in Christ. Because you don't always feel the way Christ sees you. You don't always feel like that. And we have a, a disconnect sometimes which robs us of living powerfully in a world that's broken. Because we allow our experience to alter, listen to this, to alter what the power of the gospel has done. Yeah. Your, your, I mean, if your traditions, Jesus says, if your traditions can nullify the, the teachings of God, just think what our belief systems can do. So here we go. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. In Him, in Christ, also you were circumcised. Say were. Not are. You were circumcised. With a circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. So in that one little verse, let's pick up a few things. In Christ, you were. It's past tense. It has already happened. In a circumcision made without hands, not done by the hands of man, not done by the wisdom of man, not done by the brilliance of your self will, done by God, done by Christ. In the putting off of the body of flesh, it's done. Past tense. You were. The body of flesh has been put off. It's been circumcised. Excuse me, but cut off. It's no longer there. The putting off of the body of flesh has already happened. By the circumcision of Christ. So circumcision, what was that? Circumcision was, a, was required of Israel, God's people. It was a part of the manifestation of the covenant that God made with Abraham, that God made with his people, and they did this in order to show that they were followers of Yahweh. This was an outward manifestation of them being set apart, different from the world, to follow God. Paul, writing this to the church in Colossians, remember these are new young Christians. These are not seasoned, mature campaigners. they new young Christians Paul writes to them, using this graphic imagery of deep spiritual significance for God's people, he's seeking to explain to them that even though they are new believers, brand new believers, fresh in the faith, this has already happened. You were circumcised with a circumcision not not done by the hands of man, but a circumcision done by Christ himself. Just as Israel was set apart by their circumcision, so he is saying, You, church, you Colossians, you've been set apart by an inner circumcision, not done by your self-will, not done by your own efforts, but done by Christ. You've been accepted into a new covenant, not the old covenant where there was an outer circumcision, but a new covenant in which there's an inner circumcision, and that inner circumcision is the mark that you are now a follower of Jesus, that you're in a new covenant, that you are beloved of God, you are righteous, you're accepted, and it's beautiful. It's a new covenant, better than the old. It speaks a better word than the old. This new type of circumcision is not something that you are in process with. It's not something that's continually being done in you now. It is something that has already happened. The putting off of the body of flesh has already happened. And I want to tell you what, this is a challenging thing to teach because it's conceptually hard. But by the Spirit of God, I pray that we understand it. The new type of circumcision was done not by human hands. In other words, like I preached last week, we are the workmanship of God. For it is God who works in us to do his will. We are not working on ourselves as I preached last week. We're not trying to make ourselves better Christians. We're not trying to make ourselves more holy. We're not trying to make ourselves pray for longer, read the Bible more, more patient, less anxious because we cannot make ourselves like that for we are God's workmanship and the spirit of God is at work in us. We place ourselves in his hands. Like I said last week, nothing we can do to make ourselves better but believe the gospel. But what we do do is we hold on to that belief and we endure when opposition comes our way and we endure when experience wants to tell us otherwise and we keep on keeping on believing that what Christ did is enough and in Him we have been circumcised. It has already happened. The new covenant circumcision involves the cutting off of the fleshly body. Now, this is not our humanity It's not the cutting away of your humanity, your humanness, because God loves your humanness. He made you human. So what is he talking about that has been cut off, discarded, thrown away? It's the body of flesh, it's that part of us that was corrupted by sinful desire. It was corrupted by sinful desires. So when the fall of man took place, there was this part of our souls, our spirit man died, because God said, if you, eat, if you eat of that, you will surely die. So what part died? The spirit. We became dead to God, dead to the things of the spirit, dead to the truth of God. But our soul now had this, this like Achilles heel that made us slaves to the desires to serve ourselves. Please ourselves, love ourselves, honor ourselves, and to hang with the rest of you. We became self-centered, selfish people. That part has been circumcised, cut off, and discarded in Christ. But Greg, it doesn't look like that in my life. But Greg, it doesn't feel like that in my life. I'm in a process Because obviously, I'm not finished yet, and God's still working in me. So I'm in this process of circumcision. I'm in this process of the sinful nature being discarded. No, no, no. The gospel says you were circumcised. How did you come to Christ? I preached this last week. By hearing and believing. How do you walk out your Christianity in the same way Paul said that you came to him? In the same way, walk in him. You walk out your Christianity by hearing and believing the gospel. The gospel says you have been circumcised. I'm setting you up for this. The body, the sinful, the, the, the part corrupted, has just such a desire to want more. It wants more of anything that it wants that makes it feel good, that makes it happy. It just wants more of that. For some people, it just is, it, it, okay, before I go there, let me say this, and, and what you experience is you, you know that you shouldn't have that other piece of cake, but to hang with it, you just do. You know that you should wake up early, but to hang with it, I'm too tired. You know that you shouldn't watch that movie, but to hang with it. I'm exhausted. I've worked hard. You know that you shouldn't have that second glass of wine. No, to hang with it, man. I deserve it. It's been a tough day. And the whole time, this, the sinful part that was, that was a slave to self, that was a slave, it, it, it wants more and more and more. And this is the problem Paul had in Romans chapter 7. If you're going to go and read Romans chapter 7, you will see that this is the religious mindset. Haha! Okay, now listen, yeah. Paul, writing in Romans 7, says, whew, there's got this amazing, there's this amazing gospel, but, but, but here I am. I'm trying to please God. I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to honor God. But the, the things I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing a wretched man that I am. That's the pre-gospel experience. That's the pre-revelation of the Christ. Because the next verse, after a wretched man that I am, he says, Who will rescue me? Thanks be to God through Christ. So the religious mindset is the one that says, I really want to try and do that, but I can't. And I feel so bad. I really wish I could do that, but I can't. That's a religious mindset. That's a mindset that doesn't understand the power of the gospel. That's a mindset that believes in this reality more than that reality. How do you, how do you live out this powerful Christian life? Not by trying to do what you don't want to do or by trying not to do what you, what you or whatever, I'm getting all confused there. <laughs> whatever. But by hearing and believing. The gospel, you were circumcised, not with a circumcision done by the hands of man, but with a circumcision done by Christ in the putting off of the old nature. So the lusts of the flesh, John writes about this. He says, the lusts of the flesh. That means, you know what, that fallen nature, it just is greedy for more. If it sees something it wants, it wants it. It wants more money. It wants more sleep. It wants to lie on the couch more. It, it wants more sex because it feels good. It wants more food because it tastes good. It wants more drink because it makes you feel good. It, wants more. it just wants more and more and more and more. And you justify it. This is the danger. The sinful nature will justify why you can have more. But then comes the gospel. Who will save me, wretched man that I am, Romans 7? Thanks be to God through Christ. So now we're going to have a look at what happens in this gospel. All of that, all of that sinful nature, all of that corrupted. You see, this is when you were a slave to sin. A slave has no choice. You just end up doing it. Now, Christians, you are freed from slavery to sin, And there's more to it than that. It's not just that, because you've got a choice now. And that choice is strengthened by your faith, not by your good works. So now, let's get on. Wait, I want to show you one more verse before we move on. It has already happened. Look at how Peter writes about it. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. God has not called you to a stop, start, stuttering, doing well, failing. He's called you to His own glory and excellence, but you can't achieve it by self-will. You're God's workmanship. Let Him work in you. You present your body as a living sacrifice. By which He has granted to us, by which He has, past tense, granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Aha, here's something that's experiential and process. By believing the great promises, you are starting to participate more in the divine nature. And there's a transformation from one degree of glory to another. That's where the process comes in. That's the only part of process, is you becoming more Christ-like, your destiny. But listen to this next verse. I mean, this next phrase. Having escaped. Not escaping now, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of its sinful desires. Do you see, even Peter says the same thing. You have been set free from that corruption. It has been circumcised. It's been cut off. It's been discarded. It's been thrown away. It's no longer a part of you as a child of God. It's been taken care of in Christ. Peter says it. And Paul says it. Both preach the same gospel. So now back to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism. Having been. Past tense. It's already happened. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. This all happened when you first believed. Maybe you just don't know it. Maybe you just don't truly believe it. This all happened when you first believed. Colossians, you new little Christians, let me tell you what happened when you first believed. You were circumcised, you were buried with them in baptism. You were raised with him to new life you are now seated with Him in heavenly places. This happened already. You're not in process of this happening. Yes, Greg, you've said that 15 times already this morning. (laughs) You may not feel like it, but this is how God sees you in Christ. There is no old Gotta be careful how I say this. There is no old, corrupted, sinful nature apart of you as a as a Christ one, as a Christ follower. It has been circumcised off, cut away, and you are new. And you are free. And that's how God sees you. He sees you as wonderfully beautiful and righteous, and free from that corruption, having, having escaped the corruption that was in the world due to sinful desire, and lifted up in Christ, participating in the divine nature, and seated with Him in heavenly places. That's how God sees you. That's the gospel. As you believed Him, as you came to Christ, so walk in Him. How? By hearing the gospel and believing the gospel. And you were dead in your trespasses. Were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. You were once a slave. You were once corrupted. You were once dead to God. You were once unable to recognize the things of the Spirit. Dead means unresponsive. And when you were like that, you were frustrated in religion like Paul was frustrated with your own self, or you were rudderless in secular humanism, just cruising, laughing, doing your own thing, not going anywhere, but now in Christ things have changed. Let me show you another scripture what Paul writes in Romans 6, verse 67. We know that our old self was crucified. Our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to Nothing. Greg, what is that saying? Because my body of sins not brought to nothing, because I still sin. So what's Paul saying there? So here is the key. That word "nothing" is a beautiful word that um, Paul uses again in two Timothy chapter one and verse ten. And you've got to understand it now, so you're gonna, so it's gonna make sense to you. It's gonna help us. This is the word that Paul uses to talk about death, death. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10, it says this, Christ abolished death, brought it to nothing. Same word. So is death still around? Of course it is. I don't know one person who hasn't died yet. You? Christ abolished death, but death's still around. What does it mean? It means he brought its power to nothing. It no longer has the final say. It no longer defines you. For if anyone is in Christ, though he die, yet shall he live. There's a higher truth. There's a greater saying beyond the experiential reality. That same word is used with the sinful body. So the body of sin has been brought to nothing. Is it still around like death is? Yes, but it doesn't have the final say. It doesn't define you. God defines you. In Christ, that old, corrupted nature has been cut off, thrown away and discarded. And I see you as beautiful and righteous. It no longer defines you. It's been brought to nothing. Yes, we still sin. And I'll tell you why we still sin in a moment. Going on with Romans 6, verse 7, and body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. What happens when you come to Christ is you die to yourself. You die to the old um, selfish, sinful way of living. And that, that is gone. And so the moment that you came to Christ, you became free from sin. It got cut off. But but I can't conceptualize it, Greg. I, I don't understand because my reality is different. Death no longer has the final say. Sin no longer has the final say. Christ and the gospel has the final say. Look at the next verse. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. You know what that statement is? That's just a faith statement. You must start to see yourself the way God sees you, and reckon yourself and consider yourself dead to sin. You know what that means? Unresponsive to sin. Dead to it. Because it's been cut off. It's no longer there. I have now the power of the gospel, the power of Christ in me to be unresponsive to it. The Bible says about Cain and Abel, Cain, it says, sin is crouching at your door, but you must overcome it. The power of the gospel says, those sins knocking, Jesus knocks in Revelation 3.20, and sin knocks. The corrupted nature knocks, but it's dead. You're now free. Those who believe the power of the gospel, the identity in Christ, it changes how you live it out. When you try and do it yourself, like Paul, you are frustrated in religion. Frustrated. Frustrated with yourself. You live in guilt and condemnation. You're up and you're down. You start to see it the way Christ sees it. Yes. So you must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. It's a perspective. It's a view of faith. What you believed happened then has repositioned you. You died with Christ. Christ. You were buried with Christ in baptism. You were then raised with Christ by the powerful working of God and are seated with God, with Christ, in heavenly places. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. That part of me, that sinful, corrupt nature, it has been cut off. It has been circumcised from me. I am now a new creation. The old is gone. And my faith is in that identity, what God says about me. God then goes on to, uh, Paul goes on to say this, and God has made you alive together with Him. We are now responsive to God. We're responsive to truth. We're responsive to the gospel. Know, but, but when I got born again, this thing which was dead to God suddenly became alive to God. I, I'm now, I, I, I sense the things of the Spirit. Having forgiven us all our trespasses, this is back to Colossians. Having forgiven us all our trespasses. Not some, all. The very worst thing you ever did, forgiven. The very smallest thing you ever did, forgiven. In Christ, forgiven. 100% forgiven. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt. Now here's a conceptualization again. Here's a concept. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. <clears throat> God canceled the record of debt that stood against you with its legal demands. Your subscription to that kind of living ended. You don't have to pay a subscription anymore, it's gone. It's been canceled. Your subscription's canceled. No longer there. If you're paying, you're just foolish. When our lives, you see, what happened is this. Our lives at one stage were being matched up, measured up against the high standards of the perfect law of a holy God. And whenever our lives were measured up against that yardstick, we failed, miserably. And there was a record because of that law that stood hostile to us and judged us very justly and very righteously and very fairly because we didn't measure up. That very record has been canceled, nailed to the cross with Christ, nailed, canceled. That means, because that, so, so that record was canceled, nailed to the cross. That law, which was used to measure against you, is no longer ours. For we're into a new covenant. So there's no longer any matching up against or any measuring. And that old corrupt sinful nature that kept on wanting to do those things has been circumcised in Christ, cut off and thrown away. You have been redefined in Christ, repositioned in Christ, and you are reseen by God in Christ. This, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The last time I looked, the cross happened nearly 2,000 years ago, a long time ago. This happened then for every human being who comes to Christ. And in this, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them. There's two things in this disarming of these rulers and powers. Number one, you know that Satan is called the accuser of God's people. The accuser. Ha <laughs> ha, look what I saw Roy doing. He said, Roy, you're probably not the best oak to choose. Probably, probably more Christ-like than most of us. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what Greg did. That, that's a bit easier. They, they, they come to accuse. God has said, Christ, on that cross, when He nailed that record, when He circumcised us, when, when all of that took place, He says, He, Christ, disarmed the rulers and the authorities. They no longer have any legal right to accuse us. Stripped disarmed them from accusing us. He cannot stand before Christ. He cannot stand before God, Satan himself, and say, ha, ha ha ha. Look at that. Did you see that? Disarmed. No more power to accuse. And disarmed, knowing that their future has been sealed forever and they will, their destiny has been finalized. What do you believe? About yourself. Because Paul and Peter and the writers of the New Testament want the church to understand and see themselves the way God has arranged it in the gospel. In the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ and the life of Christ. When we choose to sin. Let's go there quickly as I close up. When we choose to sin. What's happening, Greg? I thought that part was circumcised. It is circumcised. In that moment, I'm just not operating in faith. I'm just not believing. That's all it is. I'm just not believing. I'm just. I'm just choosing to go. You know what, God? I just feel like this, but I'm not a slave to it. No, it hasn't got me around here because in Christ, I know I'm circumcised. It's no longer a part of my identity. It's been cut off, thrown away, discarded. All God wants is for us to live by faith in Christ and the gospel. Christ wants, you have been set up for victorious living, to participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world. That your soul, that your heart, that your mind bathe in Christ, bathe in the gospel of God, so that it washes over you and you continually are reminded, I no longer have a sinful nature. It has been cut off like I've been circumcised, and it has been discarded. And this inner working of God, it's God's workmanship. I didn't cut off myself. In Christ, this inner working here will, will produce fruit because that's how God works. Fruit comes from those who abide in Him and their words, His words sorry, abide in you. And this is what makes us different from the world so that, like Paul says in Philippians, you shine like stars in the dark sky. That's what God has set us up for, to shine like stars in the dark sky. Not because we're working on ourselves, but because we are His workmanship. And we believe that what He began, He is faithful to complete to the very end. It's a very safe place to live, Christian. It's a very safe and secure place. It's not a vacillating place. Up, down, up, down. Am I in? Am I out? Am I a slave? Am I not? No, I believe I was circumcised with Christ.